Another Way to Play, episode 90. I always wondered why my father was able to do so many things and then I struggled so much. It was all mindset, you know, and believing and acting out passionately towards a goal, you know, but there is a formula, there's a strategy and you have to find your skill set, you know, and you find your skill set and you set goals, you develop a strategy, you make a commitment and it's just boom, 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 boom. But man, I'm 51. I wish I could have figured this out at, you know, 20. This is Sal Vassalo, Mergers and Acquisitions Broker for Online Businesses. And if you want to learn to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, then you should listen to another way to play with my good friend, Hans Struzina. Welcome to another way to play, your wake-up call to finally make a difference by creating a life defined by freedom. This is about entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and industry professionals that have left the nine-to-five rat race behind by taking that personal leap from where they were to where they want to be. It's time to stop going through the motions, stop hitting the snooze button on your life, and get the insight and inspiration to make the next chapter of your life better than your last. This is Another Way to Play with your host, Hans Struzina. This is Another Way to Play. I am your host, Hans Struzina, and I believe that if you trade hours for dollars, you will never achieve true freedom in your life. Today's guest is someone that I'm really glad to call a friend, someone that I'm actually have a lot in common with and didn't even know it until we just got to know each other over the last couple of weeks. It's uh, Sal Vassallo. Uh, Sal is an Olympic swimmer. He went to the 1988 Olympic Games and is now doing mergers and acquisitions for online businesses and has had a lot of stuff happen in between. To start off, he was raised by a father with his uncle's invented PVC pipe, of all things. So he came up with a very interesting upbringing, which he gets into including some deep daily visualizations with him and his four other brothers about swimming and about competition and how they were all going to try and make it to the Olympics, of which two of them actually did. And we also get into some of the business practices that he's implemented over the years, some of those challenges, the ups, the downs that he's learned, because there's a lot here. He also talks about his struggles with social media, putting content out there and trying to share his message, as well as a very powerful story that happened for him at a mastermind. So there's a lot in this one, guys, that you're definitely going to want to listen to because Sal has a lot to share. If you get value out of this episode, please head over to iTunes, leave me a written rating and review because it really helps me grow the show and learn how to improve and keep getting better. Thank you to those of you who have done that and uh, thank you in advance to those of you who are about to. So without any further ado, let's get into it with my good friend, Sal Vassello. Sal, thank you so much for being on the show today, man. Really excited to have you on. It's a real pleasure to be here. I'm excited to meet you, and uh, I love that you were in the Olympics as well, and you're a competitor, and oh, yeah. uh, you know, I, I'm here to support and to help and contribute and get to know you and just enjoy this adventure. Yeah, man, completely. Well, we, as we were talking about before we hit record, are, are a little bit of kindred spirits. We've got a lot in common, actually, um, and I want to get into all the stuff you're doing now. 
But before we get there, let's back up and let's build a little bit of context for the audience to talk about really where your journey began. Okay. Yeah. So I was born here in Puerto Rico and uh, my father was a manufacturer. He and his brothers invented the PVC pipe. So we had, um, in the 60s, my father and his brother started making manufacturing here on the island and exporting into the United States. Wow. Had many patents. But my father was a basketball player, and uh, we were five brothers. So he wanted us to be basketball players, and he had a basketball court in the backyard. And um, what happened was that one day we were swimming at the beach, and my brother beat a national competitor racing in the water. So when my father noticed that we had talent for swimming, down came the basketball court and in came the pool, man. He built a pool <laughs> in the backyard and we started training immediately. And this guy, my father was a special character. He, uh, you know, he went all in, he, you know, had us watch Mark Spitz movies, mm -hmm. had us do drills, visualizations. He would give us goals, like whoever would break the world record could have any car he wanted. And mm -hmm. uh, whoever won a gold medal could get a gold Rolex and different goals, different compensations. So I was young, four or five M&Ms were my thing. And you know, he was, uh, I didn't know this until I started writing about my dad. One of my brothers called me and said, hey, your dad was a disciple of Napoleon Hill. And I mm -hmm. go, man, I didn't know who he was at that point, but I, I started reading. And now I know why my father built a nine-figure business and how he got, you know, four out of five going to the Pan American Games of his sons and two Olympic swimmers, how he outperformed in every area of his life. And, you know, because he really studied and took action in that kind of, um, you know, knowledge um, yeah. that Napoleon so the, Hill has given away. So it's kind of cool, you know? So it sounds like at the time he was just practicing what had been preached to him through Think and Grow Rich and some of the other teachings, I imagine. Yeah. Um, and then you as a young person, four or five, six years old, you're seeing it as like, that's just how dad is. And then in retrospect, yeah. you well, saw for he me, clearly put in that study time. Yeah, for me, it was, um, that was my life. I didn't know anything different. I was born into it. I mean, you know, I remember watching the movies, the film of Mark Spitz and one of those old projectors with the reels. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, we wouldn't do a lot of meditation. He would call it one minute of concentration. And we would have to have one minute of, you know, just complete visualization of us competing streamlining, stretching out the arms, doing the whole race in our mind, you know? But I didn't know this, bro. I mean, I didn't know this was a strategy. I didn't know that this is something that I wanted people to know that I've really never shared. I didn't know that I couldn't make it to the Olympics. Mm -hmm. Do you yeah, understand so, that? Yeah, you, know, you grew up thinking like, this is just how it is Olympics. and you're gonna go. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. No, I, I I'm with you. Yeah, so I didn't think about not going. I didn't think, I always thought that's where I'm going, you know? So right. um, it was, uh, you know, my father passed away when I was eight years old in a car accident. He was hit by a car in Florida. We had a factory out there. 
So he was killed tragically. And right after that, my brother broke the world record in uh, the 400 meter individual medley. He was, uh, I think, about 15 years old. Wow. And, um, you know, then he then broke the 200 meter individual medley also. So he had two world records like six months after my father's death. So he never really saw that happen, but yeah. I saw it, right? And I was like the best swimmer in the nation in the 100-meter freestyle and 200-meter freestyle. So we were all on the top of the game. But um, after my father's death, I did quit swimming around 10 and um, kind of straight away. But this is what I really wanted to share with you and with all my friends that are out there listening. What my father had implanted in me was in me, right? So... When I was failing in my adolescence, I became a very big problem. You know, dyslexia, you know, they told me deficit of attention. And right. I was very, very, uh, a lot of problems in school. Yeah, I thought I was going to be a loser, you know. But then I, I had that thing in my mind. I said, man, I, I got to accomplish my father's dreams. So what I did when I was 15, I got kicked out of a couple of schools. I said, mom, I got to go and I got to train for the Olympics. And I asked her to send me to the best coaches, mm -hmm. to the best team. And I started training. I trained, you know, for that for four or five years and made it mm -hmm. to the 1988 Olympics. But just applying the formula, you know, it's yeah. just a simple formula. It's really cool. But I and didn't I've... know that at the time, but I know that now. Right. Because I've been applying it over and over and over again. Right. Well, you had a benefit of a father who clearly saw a big picture and was trying to teach you the steps along the way. And obviously it wasn't until later that you saw the big picture. And what I'm interested to know is like you had this moment where you strayed away for a couple of years from swimming and from just the struggles in school. You know, I'm mm -hmm. sure there were some other stories in there, but yeah. you had a lot of ups and downs, but you never lost this internal feeling. And I know that's something you talk about a lot, that internal feeling of greatness. And, yeah. you know, that just like that itch that you can't scratch because you know you're not quite achieving, right? How did that manifest for you? And can you describe that a little bit further for the audience? To be completely honest and sincere with you guys, because, you know, I don't know if it's a good thing or not, because for me, it's kind of like, a pain in the ass, you know, mm -hmm. to always have this impulse for being the best or that's mm -hmm. kind of weird, right? It's like right. you always want to be the best and that's so difficult, man. It's so mm -hmm. hard and um, you want to excel. And another thing is the imagination. You know, I have this imagination and that's incredible. In school, they would tell me that I had deficit of attention and I would defend myself as a young kid saying, no, I just have a surplus of imagination mm -hmm. because I felt like I was smarter than them, but I couldn't pass a test. I couldn't read very well. You know, I was terrible at school, mm -hmm. but I felt like I was smart, but yep. nobody, everybody thought I was stupid. I was like, what the hell's going on here? Right. And yep. it was this thing that we're just all built differently. And, you know, it damaged me pretty significantly because I became rebellious because I felt like a failure. I felt like I wasn't accepted. I felt 
like I wasn't good enough and it just made me rebel against education, against teachers. And I became, you know, what you would call a little difficult. Yeah. I hear <laughs> My you. whole tribe were the bad boys, right? Yeah. And I was one of the baddest of the boys. Like it was terrible. It's not embarrassing, but I'm not proud of it. I wish it wouldn't have been that way. I wish I could have read like everybody else reads, man. You don't understand how much I would love to read like everybody else reads. <laughs> and I would love to be, because it, it affects me with technology. It affects me with emails. It affects me with quick responses on text. It does, I just, you don't look like you're smart when you can't respond fast because you're missing letters and you're missing words. And it's so mm-hmm. frustrating. It's so hard, you know? So overcoming all that has been challenging. I've always had to like say, that I know that I can do it, that I yeah. am, you know, it's kind of you know like what, myself a little bit. What's interesting is, you know, you and I were joking before we hit record that we probably have more in common than we think. Like that really resonates with me because when I was in fourth grade, I had a learning disability and mm. basically, you know, felt similar to you that I was like, I know, I know this and I know I'm smart, but I was getting poor scores on tests and quizzes. And then I ended up in the principal's office a lot for acting out at recess and, you know, getting into fights over football or soccer or whatever on the, on the playground. And, you know, luckily there was a program at our school that I got into that helped me with some extra work outside of the classroom and extra homework, which at the time I resented, but then I leaned into it and really did what they were asking me to do and ended up like slingshotting past a lot of my peers academically in the end. But yeah, the reading, you know, writing, spelling, that was all just like, I was bottom of the barrel on, on that for Let a long ask time. You something. I, I'm not sure if this is appropriate or not, but how old are you? 30. Or now I'm 31. Excuse me. I just okay, turned 31. 30. So maybe, you know, that's like 20 years after. I'm 51. So when I was going through that, there wasn't really much help, man. You were right. just a problem, you know, and yep. we can't really deal with you. And so you're fortunate that there was some kind of advance because it would have been amazing to have received some love and understanding yeah. and compassion. <laughs> because totally. When they would call me to read hands, I would feel so scared, you know, uh-huh. and so um, less than. Yep. I wanted to disappear, man. I wanted yeah. to say bad things to everybody. <laughs> yeah, because it's I, like putting me on the spot. Oh, uh, you yep. know, Sal read and Sal can't read, and I'm in sixth grade, and you know, and Sal doesn't want to read. You know, yeah, I just want to play. You know, Man, you, and, and here I am. You know back. what I did? Mean, I was selling towels. I was selling T-shirts. I was selling everything. When I was a kid, I'd take my brother's, you know, Olympic towels from the U.S. team. I'd have them sign it. Everybody from this, they would sign. I'd go to the other side of the stadium and sell them for 175 bucks. And that was, <laughs> you know, and, and I was selling t-shirts with his signature. I was always in business and always getting relationships. You know, we have those talents that are, you know, people don't really like, that's one of the things that I'm passionate about having people discover their talents mm-hmm. because I mm-hmm. really do believe that we, you know, we get sent on a road that may not be what's going to make you the happiest person possible, right? Mm-hmm. And 
even the swimming, you know, even the swimming for me to go to the Olympics, when I went to the Olympics and I finished, I had nothing else. Yep. And basically it was my father's dream. Yep. And nobody really acknowledged it. I didn't become famous. I, I was, you know, wasn't the best in the world. It was just over. And yep. it was like, wait, now what, you know? And, um, and so it took me a while to really go through all these processes, like years, bro. I'm telling you, it's like recently mm -hmm. that I've been able to discover everything about my life because I never looked at, I, I always wondered why my father was able to do so many things. And then I struggled so much. Right. And it had nothing to do about reading or writing. It was all mindset, you know, yep. and believing and acting out passionately towards yep. a goal, you know, but there is a formula, there's a strategy and you have to find your skill set, you know, and you totally. find your skill set, you set goals, you develop a strategy, you make a commitment and it's just boom, 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 boom. But man, I'm 51. I wish I could have figured this out at, you know, 20. Right. And I completely relate to that because when I went to the Olympic team, I was part of the rowing team and we went and I was in the men's eight. We finished fourth as a lot of the people on this podcast know because it's come up periodically. Yeah. But I left that race feeling like I had poured everything out, but also uh, feeling like a total failure. And yeah. it took me years and to some extent, I still haven't gotten totally over it, but I'm oh. in a better place with it than I was. <laughs> Let and me tell you something. You did a great job by going there. Yeah, you, thank you. I mean, it's awesome what you accomplished. It's incredible. For me, I understand you completely because I was resentful and I never mentioned that I was an Olympic swimmer until about a year ago mm -hmm. because I thought I was a loser. I didn't make the gold medal. I was resentful. I didn't want to know about the water. I didn't want to know about swimming. I didn't want to know about coaches. I thought it was, you know, but life's changed now that I see it was my path to go through these processes yeah. so that I could help people because now I know I wasn't, you know, talented, like the best swimmer in the world. I, I got to where I went because I believed mm -hmm. and because I trained and yep. because I had a goal and because I was committed to yep. that goal and executing it. That means I woke up at five in the morning, went to work out, two hours, had a light breakfast, slept all day, got up at two, went to train again, lifted weights, got home, sore, slept. I did that for two years before the Olympics and just not expecting to not to go. And, right. uh, and yep. when you think about it, that's crazy because here's this kid, who, you know? Yeah. And but, I, but, <laughs> I relate to that completely, like almost to a T. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So at the time, it was obviously you had a goal, you were committed, you got the work done, you got the coaches, you got all the help, you had the inspiration. But at the time, you probably couldn't have articulated it. Now you're able to articulate everything that you've just talked about. But I apply. Yeah. Right. How did you go through that transition from a mindset perspective? from being someone who didn't even talk about going to the Olympics to now here you are on a podcast um, talking about it and talking about mindset and all this sort of stuff. What was that transition like? Well, it happened in March of last year. 
I went to a, a mastermind and uh, Zach Benson was there and mm-hmm. Mike Kim mm-hmm. and um, Todd Herman. This uh-huh. is an exclusive mastermind. But these guys, I don't know if you know Yuri. He's just mm-hmm. amazing. He's a healthpreneur. I became part of their family in like three days. And, but they opened up a whole new world for me. See, Zach told me, hey, Sal, you have a story. The people need to hear your story. So, Sal, what are you talking about, man? I just want to sell businesses. Sal, you have to tell your story. I said, what are you talking about, man? And then Yuri, which is the healthpreneur guy, he's great. He said, your process is your product. And so whatever you've been through, what your process is, how you got there, how you accomplish it, that is your product. And I said, wow, that's pretty cool, man. So I started analyzing my processes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I told Todd Herman, hey, Todd, man, I, I hate doing videos. My nose is big. I'm kind of like getting old. It's terrible. And he said, Sal, I'm going to punch you in the face, man. You know, you're thinking <laughs> about yourself. Um, you're not thinking about helping others. Man, I'm telling you, I only paid like, I mean, the total cost like 5000 to go to that mastermind. It wasn't that mm-hmm. expensive. But it was complete life-changing, self-discovery. And at the same time, these guys were so cool and they were pushing me to get out there. Now, guess what? What does Sal have to do now? Before I was just emailing clients and selling businesses and closing deals, like doing really well. I sold 30 Mm -hmm. million last year, was targeting 100 million this year in sales. I had 40 million closing in March, was canceled, bro. And so mm-hmm. I lost like 1.5 million in commission in March because of the coronavirus. And, you know, but the thing is, and what I was talking about was the, the problem where I didn't know I had a story. Like so many of your people that are listening to your podcast, they live life and they're not really evaluating their excellent moments, their hero moments, what they have accomplished, how they have accomplished it. Everybody's got a story. It doesn't even matter what the story is. But it, I just started, they told me I had a man, I just started looking. And when I discovered, man, I, I went back to my father's house. And, I mean, I've been there a million times. The house where he built the swimming pool. And he put swimmers on the walls, like mm-hmm. Olympic on the walls of the house. And, you know, everything was Olympic rings. We were like, in a, our house was an Olympic house, you know, yeah. and he built it that way. And I'm sitting there, shit, I'm looking at this gold mine of knowledge and experience and wisdom that I had a privilege to be a part of. And, you know, I'm humbled that, you know, I don't say it with an ego or I try not to because it is pretty impressive. You know, the guy built, you know, and the Olympics and all this. And I feel like a worthless piece of shit most of the time so it's not like i'm trying to boost myself right right right. (laughs) but the thing is it's like a real incredible story and Mm -hmm. so i wanted to share that with the world and i haven't really shared it yet you know i started sharing it but i got excited about sharing it hans and I don't know if I'm like getting too excited no i love this because you i get i get i get really childish but I got so excited about the performance accelerator, the formula and the podcast and all this performance stuff that I discovered about my family that 
I went to the speaking engagements and I started teaching on performance and I got great results. Mindset shifts, people crying, people loving me, but I didn't get the sales of listing companies to sell. So I wasn't getting the result that I was looking for. So I decided, let me stop the performance teaching. Right. And that's where I, you know, where I'm at right now is how to combine both selling businesses and performance, you know, in the history, because both are part of my life. So I haven't really told the story anywhere about my father and, and I, and I got the pictures, like the history and everything to, and I'm really looking forward to that opportunity to do that. Yeah. But, but the problem is that after that mastermind, which what got me involved in this self-discovery, guess what I had to start learning? Everything about social media, everything mm-hmm. about branding, about technology, all these different types of applications and, uh, you know, how to commute, you know, it's just, oh my God, overwhelming, bro. Yep, you know, the podcast, totally. the computer, the microphone, the thing. The, 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 I built two courses. I haven't launched them yet because I got all over the place, bro. Right. Oh, and then the sales, you know, so um, I get excited. I get passionate. I get these visions and these ideas and these imaginations. I want to share my life with people. And then I get overwhelmed with too much pressure that I put on myself. Yeah. And I think people are waiting for me. Nobody's really waiting for me. And I don't post and I should have post. And I'm like, all right, forget it. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> and yep. It's all yep. going on in my head, bro. It's all in my head. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that was amazing. And other than your story, which I love, you know, you've really kind of hit on something really critical. It's like once everyone has a story, everyone has superhero moments, whether you recognize them or not is the next step, which is one of your messages that you're trying to get out. But then once you got into this mastermind with Zach and all these guys, you had this aha moment, your, your world expanded, your mind blew up and you had this huge, new, exciting yeah, thing happen to you. And now you're like, okay, how do I take how this energy and like drill it into execution into this new space that I've never been a part of. And that is something that you're in the middle of right now as we have this conversation and showing up daily that's a big and showing up daily yeah i'm like dude i have so many problems my family i got three kids i got a wife i got two houses it's just amazing that my kids you know married but cars still dependent it's oh you know so for me to post and not post it's just um very challenging and i want to admit it and it's mm-hmm. not easy For me, it's work, right? And I genuinely believe that I'm doing it disinterested. I mean, I am interested. I want to make money, but I do want to help people, right? And and the problem is I usually help more people than when I make money. So I have a tendency to give away everything and then not reap, you know? So it's like real struggling to how to figure out how to deliver it, how to, um, you know, make it that people, whoever it is that would feel like this is valuable to them, you know, and, and having that fear of not giving value, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, and I really don't like to self-promote. That's, it's mm-hmm. hard for me to say, hey, I'm a genius, like, yep. follow me. I just had a hard time doing that. 
right? But I do know that I have a special skill set with sales and performance and history. And, and I just want to push that because I think I can help people. I know I can help people. I know I can help yeah. people. I just got to, I got to figure out how to deliver it effectively. And I need to, and I'm sorry that I'm going through this process here with you, but I need to have that commitment where I'm committed to daily delivery of information if I am going to go yeah. that route. Well, thank you for opening your mind up and your process up to us because it's, I think to some degree or another, this is something that we all go through. People listening to this show are thinking there's another way, there's another option. And that's great. That's like step one, identifying, right? But then once you start to go down this path, you're going to hit these hurdles. You're going to have these aha moments. And then you get to this next chapter and you're like, okay, my mindset's changed, but now how do I work a freaking podcast or Instagram? Or like you have all these very real struggles or you feel like you're not delivering enough or you're doing someone a disservice, even though you've never posted anything like you have yeah. this mindset, right? And that's it's what you talked the about at the very beginning was the mindset. It's the yeah. mind. And let me just um, clear, you know, bring this up real quick because I think it's important. Most of the time, you know, nothing's really going on. I mean, and um, basically I'm thinking, you know, what are other people thinking? Right. And, uh, and then I'm not getting out anything. And recently with this coronavirus, it's very hard for me to post because I'm sensitive, you know, I'm sensitive to everybody who's out there in my community. Mm -hmm. I got like 8,000 people that I've been with for a long time. And, you know, some of them are hurting. So it's right. hard to talk about business and it's hard to, you know, I don't want to be fake. I want to be genuine. I want to talk, you know, and I've struggled. I got sick in the beginning of this process and I've, you know, I had a lot of fears. I thought I was going to die. I didn't know if I was going to wake up sick the next day, you know, and so right. I, you know, so I went through all of my personal struggles and fears and doubts and reservations, insecurities. And at the same time, I feel like I have a commitment and that I'm not doing anything and I'm here, I'm doing a lot of stuff and it's just, oh, so yeah. it's, it's, it's important to take action. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm grateful, you know, that I'm able to be here with you today. I got another podcast after we have several podcasts. It's, it's yeah. going to be great. And that's where yeah, I'm man. at right now, but man. I, you're in the weeds and it's, I mean, we all are there to some degree or another. Like I'm in a different spot of my journey. You're in your you're spot. Delivering. Like, you're delivering, man. You're delivering. The, that's the, great. And the people who are listening are in their own as well. And I, I love that you're honoring that. You're being authentic with your process and your vulnerability here. And I, I think that's huge because it's easy to say like, I sold all these businesses or I went to the Olympics or I have this show and have people think you have it all together. Oh. And you, that's why I don't do it. That's one right, of the reasons exactly. why I'm not out there promoting because it's just, hey, man, you know, it is what it is. You know, I'm human and I have personal struggles and battles and yep. fears and doubts and reservations. I overcome them and it's a balance because, you know, delivering content and adding value and doing it is one thing. And, and closing deals and selling business is another thing. You know, I don't need yep. to deliver content and to brand myself, to sell businesses. You, you understand right. what I mean? Right. So this is just something that I feel very passionate about, even more passionate than, and I don't really want to say that, but I love them both. Right. But obviously figuring it out, you know, yeah. figuring it out, how to deliver 
the content. And in the beginning, it was as simple as this. What should I do? Should I do a Facebook fan page? Should I do a Facebook group? Should I do a performance mm -hmm. accelerator YouTube channel? Should I do a Facebook page? So many different things that you can do. And I didn't want to start everywhere. So I had to look for coaches. I got great coaches. And yep. the thing is, it's so much information. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, Hans, you have to create the content, bro. Yep. Yep. So here you're, you're figuring everything out. You're inspired, but you have the fears, you have the doubts, you have to create content. Then you got to deliver it. Right. And then you got to right. monetize it somehow. And it's like, Whoa, dude, let's really develop a strategy and a plan. Let's yep. get back to the basics yep. and execute. So I had to make a decision a couple months back since I was so scattered where I was just going to dedicate myself to the exit strategy and right. selling businesses. But then now the coronavirus has paralyzed transactions for a while because all the banks are overloaded yep. trying to deliver the trillions of dollars that have been released, right? Yep. So they're having a hard time delivering those funds. And so closings are a little bit in pause. Yep. But And so now I have all this time. So here yeah. I am. Okay, I'm going to deliver content. And then, yep. oh no, but people are suffering out there. It would be very inappropriate if I would start talking about this business and while mm -hmm. people are sick and dying. And here it is, my mindset again, playing, you know. So yeah, yep. that's where I've yep. been. And I would argue that like the action that you have taken and that you've committed to, and one thing I'm pulling from your story is anytime that you have found a goal and you've committed to it, whether it was focus on mergers and acquisitions, you know, focus on training for the Olympics or now getting content out there. It's like when you're taking that action, even though it might be imperfect, you're still making progress yeah. forward. And eventually because of the feedback you get or don't get, or the things you figured out along the way, that is going to help you uh, decide which direction to go ultimately. Yes. And let me tell you something that I learned in my thirties. Can I do that? Yes, please. And I learned it, maybe it was 35, 40s. You don't build things in one day, you mm -hmm. know? For me, I kind of like put a lot of pressure on myself, which is ridiculous, bro. How can I come out with two courses, you know, launch, podcast, and also develop, you know, a community and add value, sell business, have a family. Am I crazy, bro? Mm -hmm. And then feel like I'm a failure because all of them are not working out. <laughs> right. People, when they're going to write a book, they take a year to write a book. Right. And here I am, and I have like 10 books in me, but I can't write one because I'm all over the place, right? Right. And so, you know, once I built a band, and um, first I bought the bus, and then I took out all the seats and I, you know, a couple weeks later I, I installed some equipment that I wanted in the bus. And I know this sounds weird, but it took me about a year to get the bus to where I wanted it. And it was right. a bus to travel around and do um, community service. I was involved in churches and I helped people and fed people for a period of my life. So I was building this bus to do community service, mm -hmm. but it took me a year. And so I always have to step back to that. You know, first I had to find the bus. 
I had specifications and the price needed to be, you know, so it was like $3,000. And so when I found the bus, then I got the bus. Now I have to fix the bus. And everything was a process because I didn't have all the resources at the moment. Yeah. Right. So, but at the end of a year, I had everything ready. So I always have to step back and say, okay, so now I'm building my business. I want to build this platform and that platform. Let me step back and just know that there is a process, there is a procedure, and it's okay that I'm going to develop a timeline and make sure that I achieve all of these tasks within that timeline and be cool about it. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm doing my landing page with everything. That's just yeah, a whole project because the copy, you know, you have to do the right copy, totally. you know, for me to express myself in writing, is just very difficult. Yeah. And so it's a whole process and I thought I could do it all in one day and maybe you feel that way sometimes. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just wanted to let everybody know that, no, you can't do it all in one day and it's okay to sit back and, you know, wait until you're inspired instead of overwhelming ourselves and putting so much pressure on ourselves and then just drowning. Right. Yeah. So really so well I, said. I love that analogy of the bus and you're right. Like there's steps and there are a certain amount of time it's going to take to do certain things, build a following, build a business, build a podcast, yeah. you know, train for the Olympics, whatever. <laughs> oh. Like you're not, it's not going to happen immediately, but um, taking those first steps, breaking them down and taking some action. I mean, that's the core of what needs to be done to, to get it in the right direction. Yeah, because I think a lot of people, and I think maybe a lot of your followers may know this, like you feel a lot of pressure because they sell you courses and, hey, you can launch this you know, in two days or whatever. But it, take all the courses you want. I take a lot of courses and, and I love them all. The problem is I can't execute them all. Right. right? So knowledge is good, but I don't want the added pressure. So I got to be strategic on what courses and I've learned to commit to one course at a time because I was yep. taking like 10. Yeah, <laughs> And really so well um, what I'm doing right now is I'm focusing on my landing page and on getting my platform ready to deliver the content and uh, hopefully help people grow. When it's ready, I'll, I'll definitely make sure we promote it out to everybody yeah. and, and make sure everyone can find it. But in the meantime, man, I, gosh, I really love this conversation. Could sit here all day, but I want to respect yeah. the rest of your day. Yep. Um, so I'm going to transition us over to the Focus 5, which is the same five questions I ask every guest on every show. Are you ready? Yes. First question. What book have you gifted most often? The Bible. To be honest. If, yeah. <laughs> if you could get an hour of somebody's time, past or present, live or dead, and ask as many questions as you wanted, who would that person be and why? Well, I mean, I, I'm Christian, so I would say, you know, if it's past, present, you know, I would say Jesus Christ. I'd love to sit with him and, you know, ask him. You want to know what kind of questions? Yeah, your, your motivation for the conversation, I'd love to hear why. Man, it's just for me, man. I'm telling you, bro. For me, it's a little deep. It's personal, you know. It's mm-hmm. I got a personal relationship with God. For me, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what? bro. I can't. You know, I I can't really express it. I feel like 
you know, I owe everything to God. I mean, it's all grace for me. It's like, it's just been such a wonderful experience to escape from all my mishaps <laughs> and learn from them and just feel the grace and just be able to basically find a father figure, you know, and through the Bible and through my relationship with God, I've been able to have a father figure that I've never had because my father passed away and I inherited a lot of money. So I was a lost boy for many years. I was out there doing some crazy stuff and I just didn't have a purpose, but to spend money and have fun and um, do business and, you know, but it was a very lonely path that led me to one day surrendering and asking for help. And I received it. And, you know, through the Bible and through my relationship with God as a father, I have been able to really have a solid foundation that's been keeping me, you know, where I'm at today. And it's a very beautiful life, even though there's challenges. I'm beautiful. still here. Yeah. What is one thing that you believe most people would disagree with you on? Oh, man, I um. You know, let me tell you, for me, there's just so many things that I've changed. Um, the way that I think today is probably not the same way I'm going to think tomorrow. Um, I've, you know, I, when I first started my relationship with God and all, I mean, I didn't work. I became a pastor for like seven years. So I didn't do secular work for like seven years. Mm -hmm. And then that wasn't my calling. I just, I couldn't, I wasn't performing there because I people, you're a pastor. And I'm like, weird. Like I, you know, I'm not like this guy with a tie, you know, I like surfing. I like skiing. I like, mm -hmm. I like scuba diving. I like fishing. I like everything, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so for me, they could disagree with, I don't know. I don't know. You know, just my way of thinking, I guess I, I'm, I'm not sure. Fair enough. I'm sorry. Oh, good, man. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. How do you start your day? Before I, I would, it's switched and it's heartbreaking because when I get involved passionately with a project, I could lose my morning routine because I'm very obsessive and passionate about whatever I'm obsessing on. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, like I have a morning routine where I do, I get up in the mornings. I have this place where I go to, I have, you know, I do my coffee and I can't say that I'm praying, you know, or that I'm meditating. I, I don't do that. I actually get and check my emails mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and then go to social media and then uh, start working, man. But now I've gotten a routine during this quarantine because my wife and my kids are in the house and it's very difficult, all of us here together. And so we started doing aqua aerobics on like in the mornings at 10 and then at three. Mm -hmm. And I started doing a, a meeting in the mornings, a spiritual meeting like at 730 every day because now everything's, you know, through this Zoom. So right. I'm able to have a 730 spiritual meeting. I work and then at 10.30, I do the aqua aerobics, which is really cool. I'm getting in shape, got suntan. And then I work, man, creating content. So yeah, that's where I'm yeah. at. What is the best place online that we can connect with you uh, right now? Well, there's um, on Facebook, just facebook.com slash with Sal. And there I try to deliver as much content as possible regarding performance and business. 
Mm -hmm. And I do interviews, you know, I, I have an interview this week with Harry Dent, which is like a global economist. And he's really, you know, incredible person. We're going to be talking about the coronavirus and the effects on the economy. And see, I kind of like deliver that in this, you know, I'm, I'm delivering pretty good content there with, you know, a global economist who's really mm -hmm. amazing. And I've had him for like weeks, but I, I just wasn't feeling appropriate you right. know, to do that. So yeah, I'm going to be doing that on Tuesday. Cool. But I deliver a lot of content regarding business and performance. Facebook.com slash with Sal. Uh, that's down yeah. in the show notes. You can check that out there. Go connect with him, show him some love. He's got some cool stuff to coming down the pipe. Um, Sal, thank you so much for being on today, for sharing all of that. You've really brought some value. Uh, and I'm really excited to continue to get to know you. Hands, it's been my pleasure and I just really thank you for the opportunity and you know anybody out there I just wish you the very best and God bless. And that does it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. If you want to connect with Sal personally, and I recommend you do, Facebook is the place to do that, facebook.com slash meet Sal. Got that down in the show notes, so you can check him out over there. Um, he's got a lot of content coming down the pipe from a high-performance standpoint, from mergers and acquisition standpoint, and mindset, everything in between. So you're going to want to keep that in mind. And if you want to connect with me directly, the best place to do that is on my Calendly link. We can uh, get to know one another, book a call, get to know each other just a little bit better. And uh, thank you to those of you who've done that. And to those of you who are thinking about it, really would encourage you to do so because I love getting to know who's listening, how I can keep providing value to you guys and uh, just get to know uh, other like-minded people. So Thanks again for tuning in. This is Hans Strazina, host of Another Way to Play. And remember to make every chapter better than the last. Thanks for joining in for this episode of Another Way to Play, making the next chapter of your life better than your last. For more insights and inspiration to help you make that personal leap, be sure to engage with Hans on social media and get your questions answered right here on the show. Reach out to Hans at Chief SNAH on Instagram, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Another Way to Play.